Greeting, Earthlings. Welcome to Saturday Morning Showdown. If this is your first time joining us, my name's Don. I'm Lee. We're a tag team of pop culture artists from the Philadelphia area, and we go by the name 8-Bit Fusion. We grew up in the golden age of the Saturday morning cartoons, so we made this show to sit down with some of our friends and talk about our favorites. Uh, this week, we are joined by my good friend Jimmy from Movie Death Blows. Jimmy, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. We're doing all right. How's right. the how's the pandemic treating you? Well, it's good. I mean, I'm bald anyway, so it's not like I haven't lost any hair over it. So, I mean, <laughs> fair, fair. It's just hanging out at this point. I'm used to it. The days are all blending together, but hopefully we're almost out of it, but I doubt it. Yeah, I would love that. But, yeah, Don know. like asked me like once a week what day it is, and I have to always remind him like today is Friday. Today is our last day of the week. We're not working the other two days. It's, it's just like we constantly have to remind each other what day it is. Yeah, it's it's been weird. When he messaged me yesterday, he's like, you coming on? I was like, oh, right, tomorrow's Friday. Totally forgot. I thought it was Wednesday <laughs> or something. So tell our, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your channel. Uh, so I started my first Twitter account, which is Movie Death Pose. I started that when I lived in Los Angeles. I decided I was going to be a popular Twitter user at that point. And all of a sudden, like seven years later almost, it kind of grew into this thing I wasn't expecting. So, I mean... My one account has 136,000 followers, and the other has like, yeah, my movie nonsense account, just like my secondary account I use when my other one's suspended, has like 85,000. It's like my secondary one. I don't really use it that often, but I kind of tweet from both at the same time. That's cool. And uh, so, I mean, since then, I'm an accredited member of the entertainment press. So, I mean, I uh, I have a deal with a company called Ally Entertainment, where they invite me to most of their movie press screenings or you know, red carpet so I can do some interviews with some stars. Uh, December of 2019, right before The Witcher premiered, I did sit down with Anya Chalotra and uh, Freya Allen from The Witcher, who played Siri and Yennefer. I sat down with them for about 15 minutes to do some interview. That's they sent awesome. me like the first, yeah, they sent me like the first six episodes, and I watched it and I had no idea what was happening because I didn't see the last two. But you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they were as clueless as I were. They only saw the first episode. They didn't see anything after that, even though they filmed it. It's weird when you like you know do a show. And you don't get to see what you're actually doing until you actually see it on the screen. Right. You only know the context of like what you're immediately in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You're like, you're in the moment. You don't actually see yourself or what's you're like, I don't even remember what happened at this point. I actually have to see to see how they all put it together. Exactly. But (laughs) I mean, since this started in February, my last screening, my last press screening I did was for uh, bloodshot with Vin Diesel, which was, that was the last movie I saw in theaters. So that's haven't done anything since February or March. I've just been, yeah, I know it's not a good one to go out on a high note on. (laughs) Did you get to do any any talking with Vin Diesel though? We just watched uh, we just watched Street Sharks last week, and there's oh, yeah. an incredible video of him playing with the Street Sharks toys. So, yeah, I think I have seen that. He's just like voicing oh, them and so like holding good. them and all that stuff. It's so weird, but so good. <laughs> Street Sharks is another classic. Where I mean, I was talking to Don about this before. I was like, man, the amount of road work they must have cost that city. It must it might have been better off just letting people destroy it at that point. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's the way with any superhero movie though. I'm like the death toll of the heroes has to be pretty significant. But... Like I couldn't imagine trying to explain street sharks to kid these days. Like yeah. I, they swim they swim in the street, but it's concrete. Uh, don't worry about it. Don't think too much about it. <laughs> they do. It's pretty gnarly. Uh, we we it held up pretty good. I thought it held up well. Yeah, it was so it was kind of like underground, like indie, like punk rock kind of show. It was really neat. Yeah, I liked it. Now, you picked what we're watching this week, so tell our listeners, what are we watching, Jimmy? Oh, SWAT Cats, man. The top, the top gun of the animated cat genre. 
Yeah, SWAT cats, the radical squadron. Right, right. I forgot the radical squadron part. I oh, forgot that good. was in there. I mean, it's so '90s. It's so good. I don't think it's, I've seen this in 20 years. I say this every episode, really but it, it really it's it's consistent. There's not too many of these shows I've stuck with into my adult life. Um, but I, I did. I watched the shit out of this on Cartoon Network back in. Like, yeah, when they had it on 90s. syndication, I would watch it all the time. And I think they pulled it at some point. Yeah, like the nine. I think it was like I think they. I, I haven't probably seen one yet. Probably same time as you, like 98, 99. But when it was on syndication, it was on you know every Saturday and then every day. Only twenty six oh, yeah. episodes, but they could still play them all the time. Oh yeah. So. And Lee, I don't think you've seen this at all. I right? have no recollection of this, and if I did, I don't oh. remember it. Yeah, I don't think I've oh, ever seen this. You're in for the Maverick and Goose of cats. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, so why don't we why don't we put this thing on and see All what right. we think? And we're back. So we just finished watching the first episode of SWAT Cats, the Radical Squadron. Uh, coming right out of it, I want to ask Lee first, since she's never seen it before. What did you think? Hmm. It definitely had some great animation. And I really liked the music and everything, but I did find it kind of very weird. Like I have a lot of definitely have a lot of questions, and I honestly I kind of found it like really long. And like thinking about myself as a kid back then, I don't think that would have held my attention. That's fair. I think for a Saturday morning cartoon, it felt a little long, but it was like really story driven. I think more so than most other shows that we've seen. Yeah. Um. So I I appreciated that. I I liked that they were actually doing something with it. I also didn't like it. like they. It seemed like they in the beginning there might have been a little origin story, but then it seemed like they kind of like jumped right in. Like why was everybody cats? Like what was this? <laughs> what was this world? Like why? Where did these dinosaurs come from? Like I didn't really get that origin story. Like, like I've gotten from other cartoons. That's fair. That's fair. It does definitely just drop you in the SWAT. So the SWAT cats apparently don't work with the police because um, Commander Farrell, Commander Farrell, oh, so can we talk Farrell, about that for a second? Where did they get that name from? <laughs> I mean, a feral cat. Like, such a good pun. I guess. Um, but yeah, the SWAT cats apparently work at odds with the police and they just kind of drop that on us. There's definitely no explanation there. Um, now, the first episode is actually supposed to be the second episode. Oh. Um, they they switched the order because this came out in 1993. It was right after Jurassic Park. So they, they moved the, the dinosaur episode to the first episode. <laughs> um, but it wasn't intended to be the first episode. So I wonder if episode two would clear up some of your questions. Yeah. Um, we may we may go back and watch it. Now, having seen it before, the theme song didn't like give me that time machine where it immediately takes me back to a kid at my parents' house. But as soon as the episode started, I remember all of this. And I loved it. I it, I thought it held up. I thought the animation looked great. There were screeching guitar solos just the way I want them in a 90s show. Yeah. It is... It was great for me, Jimmy. How about you? I mean, it still holds up for me. I mean, it, it's it's so '90s, like we were saying before. Like even the intro music, it's like super super Nintendo. Like you're about to fly and take yeah. some things on. Oh yeah. And even when you watch the intro, like I mean, it's pulling from so many other shows, but it still works. I mean, like there there are mechanics, but you know they're like Mario Brothers, like the plumbers. You see the yeah. jet come out of the bottom of their garage, like X Men. They're battling like you know weird sorcerers and things through portals, like Ghostbusters or. Uh, 
Thundercats. Mm-hmm. They had like a Mumra reference in there with that guy that they just dug up randomly with like a with a uh, an emerald or whatever is in his hand. <laughs> yeah, and the Past Master had a Skeletor vibe to him too. They're definitely yeah. drawing a lot of influences from the shows that came before them. Definitely. Now, origin-wise, um, this show is a little different than a lot of the other ones we've we've covered because most of these Saturday morning cartoons are, frankly, toy commercials. They start as toy commercials. They are advertising toys. This show was actually conceptualized by two artists. Uh, they're animators for a lot of cartoons and stuff, and they came up with this show and pitched it to the network. And then the network obviously made toys out of it and all that. Right. But this show was started by, like, it was like a labor of love by two artists. Christian and Vaughn Tremblay uh, are the creators of this show, and they're animators that work for a whole bunch of people. Their, their credits is actually really long on the animation side, but this is really the only thing that they've created. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it started as as their their baby, and then when TBS bought it, they they obviously merchandised it as best they could. But it didn't start with the merchandise like a lot of these other shows. I didn't have any SWAT cat toys or anything like that, but I know they were out there. I just didn't have any. It was a pretty small toy line. I think they really they just had T Bone Razor and the Passmaster. I don't I don't think there was anything else. They had some Happy Meals toys, yeah, they, which uh, we'll talk about. Yeah. yeah, you can talk about now if you want. Yeah, sure. Um, they actually had Happy they had like Happy Meals, but not for like McDonald's. It was like randomly for like Carl Jr. and Hardee's, which there's not a whole lot of those around. And it's just like that's just such a random thing to have. Um, yeah, I did see a couple like action figures. Um, they had like these things that look like pogs, but they're like poker chips. Which again, super super weird and super random. Why would you make poker chips of the SWAT cats? Um, and I believe I saw a Super NES uh, um, Nintendo uh, game. There was a game I think. Yeah, I had the uh, Super NES game. Yeah, Don said he has it, but yeah, um, yeah. That, I mean, that's really all they really had in terms of toys, and I don't remember having any of these. Um, I've been going to this toy show RetroCon every year. Um, and, and I might have seen them in passing, but I don't remember seeing these as a kid at all. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't been looking for them, but I might start now that having rewatched this. Because, yeah, this this definitely hit me in the feels. I, I'm, I'm happy we watched this show. Yeah, I would definitely look for some toys. I'll probably have to do that sometime this weekend to see what the price would even be on them or how big they were. I can't. They're, they're actually I think they're on the smaller side. Um. Like I think smaller than the Ninja Turtles, but somewhere around that that range. I totally um, forgot that Charlie Adler voiced T Bone too, because I was like, I, I recognized oh, yeah. the voice as soon as I heard it. I was like, it sounds like Ickas from Real Monsters, and I was like, oh, it's because yeah, it is. Dude, this <laughs> this show had a pretty pretty badass cast all around. I, I got some names written down. Um, so yeah, you said Charlie Adler did T Bone. Um, he, he he's the voice of Buster Bunny in in. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Tiny Toon Adventures. He's also Gazim, the uh, henchman in Aladdin. Oh, what? Yeah. So yeah that's a big ass name. That. Razor is Barry Gordon, Donatello from the original Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay. oh, what? And then he reprised Donatello as the 1987 Donatello in the current Ninja Turtles. And then Callie is a name that comes up. Oh, she's. Callie is Tress McNeil. And Tress McNeil has to come up at least as much as Frank Welker, mm. if not more because of the shows that we are choosing to watch. I am really surprised that Frank Welker wasn't like a dinosaur or something in this show. 
He's, I mean, he does a couple of voices. I'm pretty sure he showed up throughout the season in one or two episodes. He, he probably, yeah, he probably showed up later. He's not in this episode at all. Um, but we, 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 I mean, we've said it a hundred times. Tress McNeil was Dot from the Animaniacs. Yeah, yeah. She's just about every female character from The Simpsons or Futurama that aren't like main characters. Um, she is a like voice acting juggernaut. She's one of my favorites, and she voiced Callie in this. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's pretty amazing. Did anyone recognize the voice of the mayor, Mayor Minx, or Manx, actually? I don't know. Not, a, not the top of my head. I couldn't pull it. So there's several people who voice Winnie the Pooh over the years, from like the 60s to current. But Jim Cummings has been the voice of Winnie the Pooh since 1988 till now. Oh, wow. So I would say he is our Winnie the Pooh. When we yeah. hear and think of Winnie the Pooh, that's him, and th- that's who voiced so the mayor. He was probably mayor. on the '90s uh, D- Disney cartoon. That was yeah, he's, yeah, he's been he's he's been the voice of Winnie the Pooh since 1988, wow. and everything that they've done. So, like I said, he, he I would dis- I would say he is our Winnie the Pooh, and he was the voice of the mayor for this. I think he also think- sang. Jeremy Irons is part of the Lion King. Didn't he do the singing voice for Scar? I think at some point. You might be right. You yeah, might be right sounds, about yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, and then the last, the last actor I wrote down um, was Commander Farrell. And I just think his his credit is super interesting. We talked about it on a previous episode, but I wrote down more examples this time. But Commander Farrell is Gary Owens, and he's got a lot of credits. But I noticed this trend with him. He is the narrator on Dexter's Lab, Buzz Lightyear, That 70s Show, Muppets in Space, Space Goes Coast to Coast, <laughs> Ren and Stimpy, and Garfield and Friends. Yeah, so like everything. Yeah, he, he, he's been uh, the narrator in like 50-something shows. That's amazing. It's such a good career. I love it. Yeah, it's I would love fantastic. It. Yeah, just to be a narrator of all these like famous shows, that's super cool. Yeah. And when he was talking, I could totally hear him saying, and now Garfield and Friends. <laughs> Def- like, definitely. Totally, totally the guy. But yeah, the, this cat the the it's Hanna Barbera. They're they're yeah. pretty much other than film Ronin, they're pretty much the gold standard for American animation. Um I don't love their earlier stuff like Winkle and things, but their 90s stuff looks amazing. This looked amazing. Yeah. I said it earlier. The screeching guitar solos, we we watched Street Sharks last week, and I made a joke during that episode that you know the saxophone music really should have been screeching guitar solos. And I must have been thinking about this show because this show was exactly what I wanted out of the soundtrack for Street Sharks. Yeah, this was so good. Yeah, definitely. The music was—I thought the music was <laughs> the music and animation was great. That's what I thought was great about it. I mean, when your when your name is the Radical Squadron, they delivered as far as what I wanted to hear. Yeah, it, it exactly. Was on point. Yeah. I don't even play the guitar, but I was definitely playing the air guitar during most of the musical interludes. <laughs> for sure, absolutely. Now, this show was produced for TBS. Uh, it ran for two seasons, and then they canceled it. Um, word around the campfire is Ted Turner himself thought the show was too violent, so they pulled it from the network. Oh, what? Despite this, uh, when it ran in syndication on Cartoon Network, which is, again, where I saw it, the Nielsen Company actually like declared this the number one animated TV show 
in 1994. Oh, wow. So wildly popular show that they they canceled for I mean in my opinion dumb reasons but you know uh, yeah I mean Ted Turner probably knows more than me I can't I mean <laughs> well violent cats I just I just don't I don't uh, don't understand it I mean to be fair cats are violent that's kind of what they're known for but you know whatever um kind of interesting nothing has come of it yet but it's in the works apparently in 2015, the original creators, Christian and Von Tramboli, started a Kickstarter asking for $50,000 to make concept art and promotional materials to try and shop a revival to, um, to networks and stuff. They raised $140,000. Oh, my gosh. So they ended up making a two-minute trailer um, for... Uh, they're intending to make a 70 minute movie um but they are at, in the process of shopping around to networks every couple of years it comes back up and i think the most recent was in 2011 i'm oh, no, sorry 2011 in 2018 wb was expressing interest in the revival oh wow um, yeah. so it's still in the works but it, it looks like we'll be getting that at some point in the future hopefully yeah i'd imagine that's WB would be the place I would probably take it to, just because I mean their animation department has just been turning out DC films like clockwork, and they're they're really good. The Superman and Batman movies are excellent. The animated yeah movies. yeah DC has really got their animation game down. They don't got the live action portion of their catalog down, but their animation has been on point for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think they just released the trailer for Superman: Man of Tomorrow, and I was watching the trailer. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch this. This looks incredible. No question. That's going to be great. Did you have anything else you wanted to say as the person who hasn't seen this? No, it was, I mean, it was weird, but yeah, I, I just, the animation and the music was great. If they do put out a revival, I'll definitely, I'll definitely watch it. And like, the, like to watch, watch more of this. Cause as I said, like they just literally dropped us into this weird cat dinosaur weirdness world of, even though it's what was going on. I do like that it's it's it seems like it's a bit more lovingly created than your average Saturday morning cartoon that's just a toy show. Like it seems like the people who created I mean so much so that 20 years later they made a Kickstarter to bring it back. Exactly. Like these are people who are working. They they're they're not like starved for it, but I think they just they really liked this property. Yeah. Um so they're trying to revive and always, it and I think that's cool. That always makes me like like the people that do the show like like it one like it so much they want to that those are the kind of shows I do like to watch. I mean yeah. in a couple of weeks like so, like this show Psych is doing a revival. Um they're doing another movie and I mean they wouldn't they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't love it. So, and that's kind of the same thing here. Like, I, I'm sure, like, these cartoons that they're bringing back, like, they're bringing back Animaniacs. Like, they're reviving that. Like, stoked about that. I'm so stoked about that. I mean, yeah, they would not bring the stuff back of, hey, they didn't like doing it. Because, I mean, the fans can beg and beg and beg. But if you don't want to, if you're not into it, then don't do it. And it would be as good. Yeah. And if you were to have asked me before I started researching this, if there would be people clamoring for a, for a SWAT Cats revival, I would have laughed at you. But. They asked for a fifty thousand and got a hundred and forty. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty significant. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be definitely interested in watching more of this just because, like, yeah, if people like it that much, it must be that it must be good. Yeah. Final, yeah, final sc- thoughts, Jimmy. I scour the internet for most things. I never even heard the Kickstarter until you mentioned it, but I definitely would have given them some money at some point to see some more SWAT cats. 
But I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, the cast is great. The depth that we went into with the background of some of the uh, the voice actors is incredible. But I'm I I was not aware that episode two was supposed to be episode one. So I'm gonna have to go back and check that out and see if it's you know more of an origin based one. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm interested to see too. Me too. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of refreshing to see. Just to counter to Lee's point, it is kind of refreshing to see a show that you don't have to, you know, get an origin story to understand the basics of what's happening. But I mean, I really would like to see how episode two takes it, though. Yeah, I'm just curious if episode two. I don't need the. I don't. I mean, I I was able to pick up and understand they are cats who fly a goddamn jet. <laughs> let's go. Let's fucking do this thing. Like, I didn't need more than that. But it was a little like it was a little off putting when the when the police commander rolls up. And was like, you know, now that they're out of the picture, we can save the day. I would have assumed had you asked me that they worked with the police. Yeah. Um, I didn't get the vigilante vibe from them. So I wonder if at the very least episode one kind of established or the actual episode one, episode two kind of establishes that relationship. That That's really the only place where I was like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> they just they just laid that on us. Um, But there there are definitely shows we, we this is. We, this is the one we always go back to, but the real Ghostbusters does no introduction, no origin, no nothing. They just drop you in on the first episode. So if you've seen the movies, you're okay. You know who all these characters are. But if you haven't, I'm sure that's weird as hell. And so like for kids, the kids that were that show was intended for, that's got to that had to be a weird like, what am I watching? Right. <laughs> But I mean, everybody loves a good flashback episode when they do those. You're like, oh, so that's how they became friends and everything. Started. And they and they do. We should have. We should watch that episode. But in the real Ghostbusters, because the thing with the real Ghostbusters, have you seen the real Ghostbusters anytime soon recently? Not recently. No, probably not in years. Slimer is like the Scooby Doo of the Ghostbusters crew. Yeah, he's like their friend, and he hangs out with them. Yeah, and that is not who he is in the movie. So I want to know how that happened. And they do not explain that they in the do, first episode. They, they just drop not. you in yeah. and he's Scooby-Doo. And sure, you roll with it. I think one of my main questions after seeing Ghostbusters, I was like, wait, I thought they were friends. Because I can't, I, th- I guess I saw the animated one before I saw like the actual real live action oh, movie. That, yeah, that was, you know that what's funny? I honestly think I had the same experience. I think I was confused when I saw the, the actual Ghostbusters the first time too, because I assumed Slimer would be their friend and he is not. Yeah, I was like, I thought they were boys. Now these guys are like running from them and all this stuff. All right, <laughs> no, that... That's, that's totally. That, I honestly, yeah, that really, rem- like, I feel like that was my experience too. Yeah, I definitely did not have the same. I definitely saw the movie first, mm-hmm. but yeah, it seems like they're doing it. So I guess that sort of buries the lead. But um, we always ask this of our guests, Jimmy. If you are put yourself in the seat of a studio executive, and somebody walks in and pitches this show to you today, do you buy it? I buy it. Yeah. I mean, especially if I was a studio executive who was younger at the time and watched it and was like, yeah, I can do that with with more SWAT cats. I can make it like a more gritty, like kind of 3D live action ones like they do with kind of the Transformers movies. I think Mm -hmm. that would work well. Yeah. I'm not not sure who would buy it now, but I mean, if I was running the studio, yeah, 100% I would buy it. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. All right. Well, this was awesome, Jimmy. Thanks for coming on and doing this with us. Um, Tell our listeners again, uh, what are your socials? Where can they find you? No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. So, at uh, Movie Death Blows on Twitter, at Movie Nonsense on Twitter, and if you just search Movie Death Blows on YouTube, I started a, pre- I started a brand new page about 
about a month or two months ago, just putting out weekly content videos. And I have a lot of my interviews I've done on there with Jason David Frank and uh, Stephen Amell, the cast of The Witcher, and uh, what's his face? I can't remember his name. Uh, I can't, it escapes me at the moment. That's all, right. <laughs> all good. <laughs> it's all on there. Awesome. Um, our social media is at Fusion on Facebook and Instagram. Our website is popculturejunk.com. Uh, this is usually the part of the show where Lee says what Comic-Cons or conventions you could find us and come talk to us at, but the world is ending, so we don't have a lot going on. <laughs> um, do you want to mention the few things we do know? Or sure. What? Um, I mean, we really don't know anything really right now of in-person events it seems like every time we're excited that something might be happening everything just gets canceled um maybe in august we'll be at dover dover comic-con maybe in september retro uh, we'll be at RetroCon in phoenixville um the smithville art walk um and other th- other things but honestly like it just the world just so nothing certain right now but i what i can tell you is we are parts of some virtual markets um we're part of the trenton punk rock flea market virtual market um, with a couple hundred vendors, so check. Make sure you check that out on Facebook. Um, also, the Jersey City Oddies Market Virtual Market. That's also on Facebook as well with some another hundreds of talented vendors. Um, we also have our stuff in the South Street uh, Art Mart um, in Philadelphia. Um, they do have a physical shop. They don't have any plans to reopen anytime soon because again the world is ending. But they do have a website, uh, SouthStreetArtMart.com. Our two really good friends, Nicole and Nicole, run the shop. Um, again, they have hundreds of talented vendors including ourselves in in the shop so just make sure you check out um the website and everything that's going uh going on there um and just make sure you're supporting your uh local businesses um any of your small businesses make sure you're supporting um tip your bartenders tip your restaurants <laughs> um we're all struggling a little bit right now so just make sure that ever you're supporting and just being patient and mindful about everything that's going on um thanks for as always listening to my rant and my spiel really appreciate it Right on. Yeah, thanks for listening. Remember to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.